Welcome to Teacher Thrive, the podcast for educators who want to thrive, not just survive in their profession. With your hosts, certified coaches and teachers, Madel Mazella and Caitlin Rabai. On today's episode, we have a special guest. Her name is Nakia Prilu Connor, and she is a certified life and executive leadership coach and the founder of Gravitas. Her work is centered around empowering high achieving women that seek real transformation in their lives, yet struggle to give themselves the care and commitment they readily offer others. She encourages the use of vulnerability, openness, and authentic communication as tools to re-engage with one's personal aspirations, facilitating lasting and meaningful change. Nakia's work is underpinned by her commitment to authenticity, not merely as a coaching buzzword, but as a guiding principle in both her life and coaching practice. Her goal is to create harmonious alignment between her clients' personal passions and professional endeavors, reflecting her personal journey from corporate to coaching. With over 20 years of experience in marketing, strategy, and business development across the consumer, marketing, and professional services industries, before exiting the corporate world, Nakia's experiences enrich her coaching, allowing her to to connect deeply with her clients' personal and professional aspirations. Her educational credentials include an MBA from Cornell University and a BA in Journalism and Communications from Fairleigh Dickinson University, alongside a coaching certification from the Life Coach School. Welcome, welcome. So we're excited to talk to you because January is basically, it's over actually. And we have talked about, you know, resolutions and goal setting. And, you know, January is the month where everybody Mm -hmm. feels inspired to setting goals and so on. But then, you know, it just dies out quickly. But before we get into it, tell us about the work you do and how can our listeners effectively set and achieve goals. Sure. My name is Nakia Perlo Connor. I'm a certified life and executive leadership coach based here in New York City. And as you mentioned, my work is centered around goal alignment. I work with high achieving women who truly want to transform their lives, whether it's personally or professionally, but often feel stuck. So they're showing up for everyone else in their lives, yet to some extent are showing up inauthentically for themselves. And, you know, that often manifests as abandoned passion projects or unfulfilled aspirational goals. So we work together to help, you know, realize the goals that they have and ensure that they're being true to themselves in in the process. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing fit for teachers because I feel like so many of us just like put everything before what we actually want to do in life. So I'm super excited to hear. Listen, you guys do not get enough credit. Teachers are confronted with so many challenges. You're under a tremendous amount of pressure, more so now than ever with time constraints and resource limitations and all sorts of external pressures. So you get tons of credit from me. And, you know, I want to hear from you guys as well to learn a little bit more about what you're confronted with and your peers and talk about the work that I do. We could talk about, you know, specific goals for teachers, but, you know, teachers are human beings as well. And we (laughs) have personal goals. (laughs) I was jumping the gun in the beginning because I'm so excited about hearing your program and what your strategies are, especially because, you know, it's February. Now what? We didn't follow through with some of our goals. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Many of us, myself included, there are a couple that I faltered on. Yeah. So tell us how can we start to set goals and how can we stick to a plan? 
Yeah, yeah. I think you bring up a good point, Madal. I think historically what we've seen traditionally is that we've jotted down these list of resolutions at the start of the new year without truly taking stock of where we are and where we've been and ultimately where we'd like to go. I think that society kind of led us to fixate on the destination without really considering the journey to get there, right? So I do think as a whole that we're beginning to see a shift and it's becoming almost rare that we hear the word resolutions as often as we once did. I think the conversation is moving, you know, from making resolutions to thinking about it from almost like an annual reset perspective, which is more thoughtful and intentional in terms of the approach and more based on reflection versus performance. So, you know, without dedicating time to reflect, it's almost impossible to chart a clear path for ourselves. So I definitely emphasize the reflection piece at the very, very outset. So I'm reflecting, let's say, right? I'm Mm -hmm. reflecting on goals and I know what I should be doing and I know that I should have my calendar, but I don't follow through. Yeah. Yep. You and many others, like like I said, myself included, you know, we know firsthand all three of us here. So now what? And I reflected. It's like, yes, I know I'm not following through. Yeah. Yeah. When when I say reflect, I'll kind of expand that a little bit. So I place a heavy emphasis on self-awareness and really challenging some of those old thought patterns before we even think about goals in terms of, in terms of even like setting goals. So, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves often shape our lives and our outcomes. So those narratives that we create about our lives, whether they're true or not, have such a profound impact on the actions, the choices, and ultimately, you know, where we land. So I think the importance of self-awareness, as I mentioned, and kind of the ability to create our own narratives, often an entirely new narrative, is how we start in terms of creating transformation in our lives. And the approach that I take is multifaceted. As I said, I really want you to kind of think about that old thinking in terms of reframing it to lay the groundwork for meaningful change. And I think the goal setting piece is often the last piece. You know, I challenge my clients to think about, okay, in terms of negative self-talk, I think we've all been there, could at least identify to some extent. Unfortunately, I'll ask my clients to start listening to the inner dialogue in their head. And also, you know, think about how do you talk about yourself to others? You know, listen for statements like, I can, I'm not good enough. I'll never be able to, or I don't know how to, and reflect on those patterns and try to take note of any recurring themes. You know, I think it's important, even in terms of a self-reflection practice, like journaling. I've been journaling pretty consistently since I was a little girl, and it's been so beneficial just to have a routine to capture your thoughts and feelings and experiences on paper. And over time, as you review those entries, you'll notice some of those thought patterns that I mentioned a few moments ago that may have hindered your progress in the past. So I'd say that plus, you know, noticing emotional triggers, paying attention to, you know, things that may trigger feelings of fear or anger or insecurity and think about, you know, how much of our creative energy could be tied up in those feelings if it's not addressed. And then, you know, once you've identified to some extent, some of those beliefs that may have held you back, the next step is to really examine them and then think about, you know, from a longer term perspective, okay, you know, the beliefs that I currently have, they could be based on a past experience, perhaps they're based on facts, and then questioning whether the experience should really define your future, and then envisioning what life could look like if you didn't hold the belief. So essentially imagining a version of your life where you don't have to carry the weight or the heavy burden of this belief on your shoulders anymore. And if it looks better, then it's clearly time for a change. So that's a little bit different from the (laughs) traditional goal setting approach. 
Correct. So you don't jump to the goal. You analyze yourself first. As a a first step, totally as a first step. And, you know, in terms of, you know, my own story, which I'm happy to share, but it wasn't that long ago where I felt the need to almost like hide, you know, my true identity to some extent, specifically within like the professional spaces that I was navigating at that time. And it was almost as though I was juggling these like two very distinct identities. And I wasn't like a completely different person or anything, but my work persona was so much less dynamic. And I realized that I was essentially showing up as this very diluted version of myself. And it took some real self-analysis, which it took a while for me to recognize that, you know, by not being authentic in my professional life, I was not only limiting my own growth, but also missing out on the opportunity to connect with others. And ironically, that did not start to happen until I was one foot out the door. So it was a really interesting social experiment. There were more people that confided in me about their true aspirations as I was leaving, despite having worked closely with them for in many instances for almost a decade. So my moment of transformation came when I decided to fully embrace who I was, which was a real turning point for me. And it allowed me to expand and find my own distinct voice. And most importantly, it helped create a pathway for me to achieve my goals that I had previously, you know, somewhat abandoned and, you know, led me to doing this work, which I'm super passionate about. So, you know, showing up authentically enabled me to create a life and a career that I once thought was out of reach. Amazing. Very, very nice. So I know that you are a big fan of Atomic Habits. Yes, super fan. And how can we use this approach (laughs) in setting and achieving goals? Yeah. So I've read the book several times and have watched the masterclass, which I believe was released not too long ago. So definitely check it out if you haven't. Maybe it was like in the fall or so. It was definitely not longer than six months ago. And yeah, his philosophy on habit formation, it's changed my life. It's such a refreshing approach and the book's been out for a while, but it's always new to me because I pick it up so often. Just a refreshing approach on goal setting by highlighting the importance of systems. So basically our daily habits and routines versus an overemphasis on the goal itself. So his whole approach is about making small 1% improvements in our life, which over time, these tiny incremental changes will accumulate and will naturally guide you towards significant transformation. So he refers to it as the aggregation of marginal gains. And he has this amazing quote that I think about often. I hope I don't butcher it. We, we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. So goals essentially have an endpoint and systems last forever. So I I highly recommend that approach. I found it to be widely successful. I draw on his methodology with my clients. We work together to develop a really customized process or sometimes system to some degree that'll lead them to their desired result rather than focusing on the result itself because a good system will naturally get you there. I love that. I read the book. You know what happens with me? We all know that we don't have a lack of information, right? You recommend the book, I read it, and I love the book when I read it. And it's just like, for me, it's just like sticking to it, you know, like remembering yeah. it. Yeah, when I reread something, I'm like, oh, yes, I know this. I just yep. conceptually know it, but I don't implement it often. Yeah, I think people who are like in the the self-improvement space, it's almost like we're always looking for like a new thing, like the shiny always. new toy or whatever. Yeah. We read a book and we're like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Don't apply it. Read the next book. Don't apply that. And then we're just like on to the next one. And I see that with my clients all the time too, because they like, they want to know like the newest, like best information about whatever, or they're listening to all these podcasts all the time and they want to try like all the new things. And I'm like, yeah. we, we can just pick one. 
Yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying. And you're also like referring it at the same time. Like you keep referring it and people are reading it and they're doing the same exact thing. What I found that what I've done, because I'm the same exact way, like I can be in an airport lounge and, you know, I'm either reading a book and someone will approach me or I've done that to others. But if I'm into it, I dive deep. You know, I'm more depth than breadth at times. So with James Clear, I went all in. I was like, oh, I'm signing up for your newsletter. I'm going to like basically stalk you online and see where are you, where are you talking? Where are you going to be? And I've done that with some other people, not many. Ironically, I was at a gathering, yeah, last Saturday and a really good friend of mine, you know, we're talking in this group and was like, oh, I've been reading this book. It's like changing my life. And it's called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. It's on negotiating. And I was like, I just watched his masterclass and <laughs> I hadn't read the book, but because he recommended recommended it and I trust, you know, his judgment and we tend to be aligned in a bunch of things. So now I'm reading that book and like diving deep on this guy. And I'm like, not that I, like I have en- enough of my plate. I don't need to be a negotiation expert, even though I am a certified media- mediator. Many people don't know that, but yeah, I just was like, now, now I'm, I'm all in on him and then I fall off the cliff. But, you know, to your question or your point, Madel, like when it's something that truly resonates that I know that I could apply, then I'm going all in and I'll kind of, kind of stick with that for a bit. Yeah. Never split the difference. I read it. Yeah. I loved it. I love everyone. Yeah. It's pretty bold. Yeah. It's pretty bold. Yeah. And then I found myself using a little bit of those strategies, which goes against my nature as a self defined people pleaser. We were due to change our car. And I found myself like telling my husband, like, no, 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 let's do this instead. Yeah. Let's say this. I love it. I love it. It's funny, it's my friend, book. he was saying the same thing. He said that he went on a date and he said, I think the girl read the book too because we were using the tactics on each other. All- <laughs> I thought that was so funny. He was like, I wanted to be like, I read the book also, you know, because it was kind of, yes. But yeah, oh. it often happens. And then, you know, yeah. a recommendation pops up or someone says, you know, you should read this. And then I think this is it. This is the book that is going right. to change my life. The magic bullet. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And then you read it and it's like, but this is, I know this, we know this, what's happening. Yep. I know sometimes it's like, we know it and we've heard it before. How many times have you read a book or you, for me, it's, I'm like a program. I won't use a J word. I'll say enthusiast versus junkie, but I've done like so many programs and there's times when I'm like, this sounds so familiar. And it's not that, you know, the person's repurposed someone else's work. It's just, it's just in the ether. It's just, this is what it is. And to some extent, we're all pulling from different resources and sometimes the same resources. But what I do find interesting is when you hear it from that individual's perspective or from their voice, it may land differently. You know, it's kind of like when you're a kid, your mom or dad could tell you something, but if your cool auntie says it, mm-hmm. that may land, it may land a little bit better. That's kind of how I view it yeah, to some extent. Yeah, yeah, me too. I see it also like the seeds have been planted and you just need to water it. Exactly. The more you read it, the more you understand it. Yep. Based on your experience, what is the biggest obstacle that prevents people from achieving our goals? Yeah, I'd say for sure stepping out of our comfort zone and aiming for higher goals will naturally bring about some level of resistance. And this just stems from our natural desire to stick to what we know and what's familiar. Our brains are designed to be on the lookout essentially for threats. So any new challenge or goal that we've yet to encounter can be perceived as a potential threat, which we often misinterpret and signal to stop right where we are, which like 
the majority of us do, but it's just resistance and it's just our fight or flight response. So when we're faced with resistance while pursuing what we genuinely believe is right for us, it's important to determine whether this feeling is our intuition warning us or, you know, warning us if there's real misalignment or simply fear attempting to hold us back. So, you know, this is something I try to emphasize as well, you know, overcoming that apprehension. That's how we really get to those big lofty goals. We stretch ourselves outside of our current boundaries. Yeah. I see that a lot with like with the teachers that I work with, that they are afraid of putting themselves out there. They're afraid of judgment. They're afraid of what other people are going to think if they kind of do something different than what the norm is. Right. Right. And then you fall into like kind of like status quo, right? And like, how do we move the needle if we're all kind of operating under the same unspoken rule? Like we're just going to do what everybody else is doing and kind of, you know, play it safe. I know it's easier said than done, but like it's something you just have to actively work on. I've been doing it myself and showing up in ways which may seem so minor to others, but even social media, I, at one point I was like, nope, not doing it, not posting a thing, not, and now I'm, you know, just a little bit, but I can even feel that activation when I'm posting. I'm like, oh. Uh, uh, but just hit the button, hit the button and walk away. Yeah. Our brain has a very funny way of pretending to help, but it feels very real. That that totally. fear is, it's in your system. And sometimes it just like blocks you from even yep. thinking straight yep. or clearly. Totally. And that's where it kind of goes back to the self-awareness piece, right? With that introspection and reflection when you know, like I've done the thought work, I've confronted those old patterns that I've been holding on to. I'm recognizing that like, okay, perhaps this is just me holding on to an old story, right? And when you've done that work, I think you just naturally gain a bit more confidence with your decision-making, you know, like you start to say, okay, I know exactly where this is coming from. I know the trigger. I, you may even be able to identify what could have happened in the past that could, you know, lead you to feel the way that you do about a specific person, place, thing. And when you have those insights, it just helps you better inform or be better informed as you think about what your next steps are in the future. Yeah, I think that's so true. Like the more you do things, the easier that they become. So you like do a little bit and you're like, I didn't die. You do a little bit more. You're like, I didn't die. I didn't get fired. It's everything's fine. Exactly. Yeah. And just, and just pushing yourself a bit, you know, it's like the only, it's the only way that we'll be able to really see a significant change. And even if it's setting, you know, a short-term goal, which could be quarterly or, or for the month, you know, it doesn't have to be. That's another reason why I think I try to steer away from resolutions or even encouraging people to, to create goals for the entire year. If you're not there yet, you know, even week by week, month by month, it's 12 months in a year. Start with, you know, February and say, all right, this is what my goals are for the next four weeks. And just take it day by day, week by week, month by month. It's so funny. This year, I always choose a, a word of the year. For this year, I actually thought I was talking about it with a good friend of mine. And I, I was saying how for this year, I rather do quarterly goals and quarterly yeah. words. And then I like that quarterly words. Yeah, quarterly words and quarterly goals. And so that I can start very small and I don't have to. My strategy was 
I don't have to say, oh, I have all year. You know, if my goal is right. to, let's say like one of my goals, I need, I, I don't need to, I want to lose a couple of pounds. Let's mm-hmm. say my own self-sabotage is, well, I have a year. So if I don't work out today, it's fine, you know, right. but if I only have yeah. three months to do it, and if I break mm-hmm. it down even further, you know, it's 12 weeks. And then she comes up with, like, she told me there is a book, actually, the 12-week year. I have it. She oh, got that's it for me. familiar. The 12-week okay. year. Yeah. And there is a workbook. So oh, I love a workbook. we're on to awesome. something. The 12-week, yes. yes. we're on to something here. Start small. I think so. I think so. Yeah. And I think more people are open to that idea which is great because again, I think we were just conditioned with the whole notion of you have to. And that's, if you think about it, how much pressure are we putting on ourselves, right? And sometimes it's like before, you know, the end of December 31, you should have your whole year mapped out. Like who knows, who knows what could happen in the first quarter, the first month, which could change the complete direction or course of our lives. And we'll need to pivot and just remain open. So I love that. Yeah. And and sometimes you, for example, me having a goal for the year does not work because it's just, it doesn't work, but we can get, you know, with the whole social media, you know, Mm -hmm. shenanigans Mm -hmm. and, and, and the people out there that are like, Oh, I have my entire year planned out. I know what I'm doing, you know, in June, I know what I'm doing. And, and here I'm, I'm taking a vacation. I am, you know, I have this project. I would see that. And I, I, I would like, that's just not me. It goes to your point, what you were saying before, like knowing yourself, mm-hmm. knowing what your values are and acting accordingly. I'm not doing the same thing that others are doing if that system doesn't work for you. Exactly. And it's also kind of reactive too, right? And I've I've been there as well where you're, you, we're influenced, we're influenced all day long. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm not, you know, I should have everything completely figured out for the entire year. But, you know, that's wonderful for those that operate in that way and that works for them. But I've just gotten to a place where I'm so comfortable with my process. And I know it's kind of an old school phrase, but like I kind of stay in my lane, you know, like, and that can be interpreted many ways. I said to someone, she thought I was saying like, don't challenge yourself. And that's not what I mean. It's more so like, I'm just kind of like focused on what I'm focused on, you know? And to some extent, I almost have blinders on. So if someone else says, yeah, I approach goals from that completely different perspective than yours. I'm like, great. I love to hear about it. And we can have kind of a difference of opinion. It doesn't mean that you need to change your process or I have to change mine. We can just coexist and appreciate each other's contributions and keep moving forward, you know? Totally. Yeah. So tell us about your program. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I am. I'm so excited about it. It's been my passion project for well over six months now, which wasn't the plan. But again, we're just going to go with it. And I'm proud to finally share it with the world. So Actualize 1.0, it's a hybrid one-on-one coaching program and also online program. And it's my signature framework. It was specifically designed to help you reach substantial personal growth within six weeks. So it's highly structured. There are six modules, which I must say are pretty engaging. I worked with a professional production company to record the content and the footage is really impactful. Each module has interactive lessons and real world case studies and content from thought leaders and academia and business. There's also a really fleshed out resources section at the end of each module. And it's great. You'll you'll definitely be challenged, but the ultimate goal is to guide you in developing a really expansive and forward thinking vision for your life over the next three, six or 12 months and even farther into the future. And I'm really proud of the outcome. And, and I hope that, you know, everyone will enjoy it as well. So 
Where can our listeners find you, Nakia? Sure. So you can find me on my website. The name of my consultancy is Gravitas. My website is gravitasinc.com or on LinkedIn, Nakia Perlo-Connor or Instagram, which I will be more active on is at Gravitas Inc. And we'll put all of Nakia's information in the show notes if anyone wants to go find her and experience Actualize. This has been so wonderful. So wonderful. Thank you. And I wanted to share something with you guys. It's kind of like this full circle moment. So I posted about this just a couple of days ago. So, you know, you know, I've been on a couple of podcasts and in conversations with a lot of people these days. And when it comes up, like, well, what led you to coaching? I only go back as far as like 2010 and talk about, you know, how I was on this self-development journey and was reading a ton of books and going to a ton of courses and programs and retreats all over the U.S. And, you know, during these events, I realized that the facilitators of these programs were life coaches, which I thought was so cool, but had no idea how to get there in terms of a career pivot. But just last week, I had this complete full circle moment that reminded me that I was introduced to this work initially by my high school English lit teacher. And she was also my creative writing teacher. And her name is Mrs. Gail Cassidy. And yeah, ironically, she was the very first person to introduce me to personal growth and development as an industry. And she had shared Dale Carnegie's teachings and the concepts of mind mapping, among some other concepts that had made her, you know, really amazing impact on her life. And, you know, although I was only 14 or so at the time, that introduction made such an impression. So fast forward to now, I've completely immersed myself into this space and, you know, created a pathway that Mrs. Cassidy introduced me to, to almost 25 years ago. So it's really- I love really that so much. Yeah. Isn't that something like, it's interesting because we had this scheduled, right? But like, who knew I was going to like bump into her on LinkedIn and my feed just like on Thursday. So it's so interesting how these things just happen in life, right? But, you know, in closing, this has been so great, but I just want to emphasize that the value of incredible teachers, it cannot be overstated. You guys are doing phenomenal work and you're laying the foundations for which, you know, ourselves, our kids, you know, the people that we love are building their lives and just deserve the utmost appreciation and acknowledgement. That's all for this episode of Teacher Thrive. We'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics, so please reach out to us. Links to our websites, freebies, and social media accounts are included in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.